Hey everyone, uh, coming to you guys with an emergency podcast today. Uh, after running the uh, Isaac Text report, I'm going to give my initial thoughts on that. Uh, I might come back at a later date to kind of fully flesh out uh, kind of some more background uh, for those who don't know. Um, obviously, I usually spend my co- podcasting space kind of more or less documenting uh, conversations I've had with my family and friends about various subjects, uh, typically related to the black experience, uh, but also lighthearted issues like, you know, music, movies, film, etc., which I hope to cover more so in the future. But in any sense, uh, I'll just kind of go right into it. So, uh, you know, quick background for those who don't know. So, you know, the eyes of Texas is the alma mater of the University of Texas. Uh, for those who don't know, I am a black alumni. I graduated 2012. And, uh, I, you know, honestly, I do bleed burner orange. Like, I've been a proud alumni ever since I stepped foot on campus. And so, you know, I'm the type of person who, you know, like would go to as many games as I could when I was on campus. Even though I don't live in Texas anymore, I try to go to any games within driving distance um, to, to kind of show how vested I was in the program. It's like me and my first, my first game was that notorious 2016 game where Texas lost to Kansas. And, you know, one of my wife's gifts to me was Texas OU for our anniversary. We literally drove down in the middle of the night to go see Texas play its biggest rival, Oklahoma. So, you know, that's how invested I was in the program. Like I spent countless hours, you know, watching Texas football, analyzing Texas football, doing data analysis of Texas football. Um, You know, I invested so much of my life, energy and money into this program, into this university. Now, I'm by no means a booster, but nonetheless, I feel like I was just as emotionally invested as as anyone I know in my personal life, um, as well as those I've interacted with on social media. So ultimately, the issue I feel like with the eyes of Texas, and this is what it all comes down to, and I said as much, you know, on my social media platforms, is that this wasn't about, um, this wasn't really about having a tough conversation about the socioeconomic dynamics of the song, or really what I should say is the, the racist dynamics of the song and how it relates to the power within the University of Texas, uh, because they didn't want to have that discussion. So here's kind of what happened. So, um, this has kind of been an unknown secret, excuse me, secret uh, at the University of Texas uh, for decades, honestly, is that the black students at UT have been very uncomfortable singing that song in various events because of its racist history. And so what I mean by racist history is that the song was likely debuted at a minstrel show. And I really highly encourage people to really deep dive into minstrel shows because I think you cannot fully understand you know, how this relates to the black experience and this relationship to the song without understanding the impact of, of minstrel shows. And I say that because minstrel shows were, were, were pivotal to perpetuating, uh, you know, Jim Crow, you know, stereotypes, as well as ultimately perpetuating racist violence. Like, you know, lynchings are coming out of this period of Jim Crow minstrel shows, and it just allowed, you know, supremacy to dictate society's um society's view of black americans and their subservient status so like i said highly encourage people to really look into that history so you know obviously last summer was kind of the major racial reckoning in regards to a lot of institutions including university of texas and various other uh, academic spaces and so ultimately the the players like i was so proud of them they they said to take a stand they they made a a, a plan they they asked for very stringent demands and uh one of that included was you know possibly getting rid of the eyes of texas or at least you know, not compelling them to sing anything to games. And so, you know, the university came out and to the university's credit, they did really answer a sizable majority of those demands, but 
to me, what was fascinating is that the thing I thought they wouldn't budge on was the donations to black causes. I didn't know if they could legally do that. So, you know, come to find the fact, they found a way to do that. So that was good. Even though, it's, honestly, it's kind of minuscule when you think about the entire budget, which, by the way, is $200 million, and yet we still can't find a way to pay athletes. Like, come on, y'all. Like, we literally just paid another coaching staff over $20 million to not do anything, which is a whole other conversation I'll get into at a later date. But uh, ultimately, the one thing they would not budge on was the eyes of Texas. And what was so frustrating is that, you know, y'all, this is a song. That's all it is. This is a song. It is a old-ass, corny-ass song. Like, why are we drawing our name in the sand over a fucking song? Like, I get people want to talk about tradition, but it's like, that's an absurd logical fallacy that keeps King caught up. Just because you did something for X amount of years doesn't mean you need to do it. So, um, so anyway, um, I apologize if, you know, I, I can't turn off these notifications on my computer if they keep coming up. So... Bear with me, <laughs> um, in any sense. So, um, so anyway, um, the report comes out, and it's anybody who knows what to look for when they come to reporting and propaganda knows this was propaganda. This report was not really for us, you know, black alumni, black students, black athletes. This was for white alumni. This was for those who are so invested in the power structure of Texas to appease them. You know, and it's funny because if you look at the comments on like Facebook or whatever social media, like the people who are most enthused by these are mostly white people. And that's not a coincidence because when people read these reports and the headline is no racist intent, they're like, okay, see guys, it wasn't racist. See, told y'all, told y'all black people, this wasn't racist. And they still don't understand the underlying issue. Like black people really weren't saying there was about racial intent. It was the association with minstrel shows. Like that should have been the leading story because if you, again, don't understand it from the black perspective that it relates to minstrel shows, you're not gonna understand why it's still problematic, which the report said, and this is how I know it's propaganda, they kept using these words that stopped just short of being assertive in their declarations when it mattered. So they say, yeah, it was probably something in a minstrel show probably had blackface but when it came to the other stuff that were people were like i just rumors and in, in innuendos that you know we just when when these things have passed around for generations and trees like yeah, obviously there's going to be some sort of maybe misinterpretation of the truth or, or things lost to history that we can't really verify so the things that were the most glaring charges or not even really most glaring honestly they were just kind of like i think this is and when you put all the things together it becomes you know embedded in racism more like there's layers to this so when we think about like you know, the potential that this was associated with, you know, generally in, in him saying this, the ice house upon you, which could be interpreted as, you know, the, the, you know, white people looking at black people kind of stuff, or like, uh, you know, at, at night or early in the morning, or at least some downtown, it's like, these were just kind of like, you know, extrapolations that could have been there, but you know, that, that's hard to really verify because yeah, they wouldn't necessarily document that when they first said it. So basically the report was like, yeah, we couldn't find evidence that he directly took this from General Lee. Um, though I'm, fairly certain they said it could have been it could have been struck in from like other confederate um elements whether it was like a saying used on the battlefield etc like the problem is trying to assert intentionality behind someone's thoughts especially going back 100 years when it's not properly documented is very hard so i don't i could i'm not surprised they couldn't verify that element of it but it is fascinating to me the way they used that lack of verification as a assertion that it isn't racially intentional like that but again, that's why I come back to this is missing the point when you do these reports. And the ultimate issue with this was just the inception of it. Like if, if you came out with the goal to say that we are keeping this song, 
and then you have a fact-finding committee. Like, tell me that honestly defeats the entire purpose of it. Because if you have a proposition that you're trying to prove, then yes, you're going to underplay the counter-arguments in it and overemphasize the supporting arguments of it. So yeah, like that's why when you read it, it, from that perspective, it's like, oh yeah, it's not surprising that they pack this report with a bunch of positive elements to underplay the more negative aspects of it. And here's kind of the way I look at it. And as I mentioned earlier, this is really a report to appease white people. Like this is, it feels like it was written by a racist booster. Like if you look at the emails that came out in the news and you'll read the report, I, I challenge people to find the difference between what the racist boosters were saying versus what is in this report. You know, example, like, you know, saying that, uh, you know, they don't know the history of it. Like they don't understand the tradition of it. You know, they keep f- spreading these false narratives and false lies about it. And to me... To me, it's fascinating because they were trying to poke holes in the underarching argument of it without understanding why we were upset about it. And again, this is why I say it's to be their egos. And it's fascinating because the people that I see on mainstream Texas Twitter, they're regurgitating this. And I find it fascinating because these are supposed to be the quote unquote, the black players allies. But in honesty, they really aren't because I say this. And if I'm being completely honest, they care more about their entertainment, their power than they do black athletes. And here's how I know this. You know, last year, I made a commitment to not watch Texas football live as long as they were having fans in the stands. Like that, to me, was where I drew the line. Like you should not put public safety um, below the interest of the football program. We are a university. We are supposed to be serving the public. We should not be compromising public health. And so I was so adamant about that. I literally wrote the the athletic director and the president. And to the athletic director's director's, uh, credit, which I'll get into a minute because I got some thoughts on him, he at least did offer his condolences when my uncle passed because that was part of the reason why I wrote the letter because I didn't want anyone else to go through what I went through with my uncle. So I do give him props for that. But at the same time, though, knowing what I know now about him, I think he needs to be fired immediately. Um, Because at the end of the day, from everything I've seen, this more or less points to everything the University of Texas has done since June is to appease our wealthy racist donors. At the end of the day, that's what this is all about. And if you didn't have the courage to change the song, don't lie to my face. Don't tell me that you want to have these hard conversations when the decision's already been made. Like that 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 insults me as a as a proud black alumni who graduated almost with honors from this university. It insults my intelligence to belittle, you know, the plight of my community and to pretend like you actually care. Like if you don't care, don't say it. If you don't want to really engage in these conversations and make challenging decisions, don't say that you do. And don't tell me to read this with an open mind when this was propaganda from the first place. Because what that tells me is that, you know, Ellis is like, hey, be open to knowing that racism doesn't exist. Be open to say, like, understanding that, like, oh, you were wrong about crying racism. That's what these white people want us to do. They want us to say, hey, oh, see, racism doesn't exist. And they're going to use whatever means they can to support that. They'll even find black people to agree with them to cover it and use us as a prop, as a shield to cover up for institutionalized racism. And I'm just not going to stand for it anymore. I just, I don't care anymore. I don't care who I'm using whatever leverage and privilege I have to combat this in whatever form, whether it's promoting other people in my community or actual other actual allies 
you know, like the, the like Professor Moore, um, the end of sport, um, all of them are doing great work on this. Um, you know, Sound of Victory had a great podcast that goes into more depth as far as how other people at UT feel. Uh, I'd rather you know, use my energy to amplify those people who, who, and the students as well, who have a right to, to you know, criticize this administration for their faults. So, um, so anyway, uh, so I, like I said, I think I'll kind of end my stream of thoughts on a few, a few other points. So the reason why I'm calling for the immediate firing of Crystal Conte, and you know, obviously you can see my Twitter handle on that, is because he, at the end of the day, like when I think an athletic director, he needs to stand up for his players, no matter what. At the very essence, that is who he's supposed to serve is his student athletes, not the donors, not not the not the fans, the student athletes. And when he lied, y'all, he lied. We have him on record lying to his student athletes and to the press and throwing them under the bus. He has shown inadequate leadership. Uh, he's shown that he is not a man of integrity and he should not be representing this university nor student athletes no more. Um, and that's not even getting into the absurd decision to fire Tom Herman, which again, I've addressed, there was no reason Tom Herman should have been fired at all whatsoever. Uh, his credentials should have allowed him to stay at least two more years. Not only just not even get into the fact that we shouldn't be paying coaches $20 million to not do anything. That's just absurd on itself, especially as we do not pay our student athletes. So, you know, the fact that on a whim, he just fired Tom Herman just, you know, to appease our racist donors shows that he is not a man who has the courage and fortitude to lead. So he needs to be immediately fired. President Herzl, I would not be, I wouldn't be upset if he goes. I don't think he, I don't think he has the mental fortitude capacity of his job. Like in the report, it's literally said there is a student who was suffering from mental health issues that ignored the emails. Like, like how are you going to be university president and you cannot support your students? So he, honestly, he needs to go to our board of regents. And I think they don't get enough flackiness and all this like you're supposed to be the gatekeepers to protect the integrity of the university and you didn't do your jobs you allowed us to spend 20 million dollars we didn't need to spend you know while as we're forlowing athletic department employees which you can make a case they shouldn't be in the first place and you know engaging in reckless capital project the south end dome project to compromise our integrity and y'all didn't do anything about it so in my opinion the entire administration university of texas needs to be removed and replaced with leaders who actually are of certain convictions and so the final thing I'll, I'll kind of touch on, which, um, you know, I hate to kind of perpetuate conspiracy theories, but I just I see so much evidence that that would point to this. So, you know, I, I found it fascinating when even our rivals didn't bag on to this. Like this would have been a great opportunity if you're a rival and you want to recruit. Just like look at all how racist Texas is. Like I remember when University of Oklahoma had their their incident with that racist fraternity that said there would never be an N-word in this fraternity and they immediately removed that fraternity. Though legally they this is funny about racism. You cannot remove racist students from campus because they're protected by free speech. Yet for some reason they're forcing our athletes to sing the eyes of Texas. Kind of crazy how that works. Um but in any sense, uh to me I just found it fascinating how People just keep under undermining or belittling the issue at hand as it relates to racism. Like nobody wants to talk, especially the white media, the white sports media. They do not want to talk about this. And it's fascinating when I get into it when people on Twitter and I, you know, highlight this, and they just they're just like, okay, yeah, that's probably an issue, but it's like, no, that is the primary issue. You need to address that because that is the essence of this, you know. And it's so fascinating because I think they really kind of fucked up, honestly, because when you think about it, like. Again, Herman's credentials were good enough to where, I'll put it like this, 
Say what you will. I'm not saying he's Nick Saban or Urban Meyer. I'm just saying no, almost nobody I've been able to find has been fired with his credentials, given the circumstances he was gotten into. I have yet to really find too many people that were fired for football reasons. There have been people fired for non-football reasons, but rare. And it's problematic for a few. One, it's a bad president, but P, it shows how much power they have. And so the conspiracy part is that, okay, these these people are very powerful, y'all. Like when I say powerful, these people who are, are billionaires who have enough money to just give millions of dollars to a university, just just uh, just cause. Can you imagine having that much wealth to where like you can give a million dollars for just amateur athletics? Like how insane wealthy must be. And if you're that insane wealthy, because obviously money talks. Like think about the amount of political power you have in the state of Texas, which anybody knows state Texas politics is insanely corrupt. Just look at our governor, lieutenant governor. Um, so to me, and it's in, it's in the it's in the the emails and some of the Texas Tribune articles that kind of hint towards that when one of the board of regents who's actually named emphasizes much. So to me, I think this was a conspiracy by our donors to maintain their power, to maintain their privilege, to. You demoralize the black student athletes to get them to put them in their place essentially and to this is honestly what i look at it's a culture war fight that's what this is about like there are cult there are elements in this in our culture that do not want to rectify with its racist past and this is just another battle in that and this was their way of voicing that you know i imagine these are the people that actually still think the election was stolen that's kind of that's what i think of these people and yeah, these people have power. They have wealth. They know how to use it. And that's what happened here. So, um, you know, obviously it's been rambling. Um, I might try to, you know, dissect my thoughts a bit more as the days come. And then uh, hopefully hopefully there is some good that can come out of this. I'm hopeful that the president is stands by his words by saying he will not force the students to sing this. At the very least, I do not want them singing this. If the band was singing, I do not want them singing this. At the very least, respect their... their um, Respect their wishes in that regard. And if you can't do that, then seriously, just shut down the program. If, if we're so embedded in traditions that we cannot allow our students to exercise their just fundamental free speech rights, then shut down the program. It's not worth it to me anymore. So um, I'll, I think I'll end on that. Um, you know, if anyone else has any thoughts on this, uh, you know, please feel free to let me know. Um, or if they just want to talk about it themselves, I would love to discuss this in this format because I do like how, you know, what one thing could come out of COVID, it just shows how much power we all have as individuals to voice our opinions. Whether or not people hear us, you know, hopefully they do, but even if they don't, at least we can express ourselves coherently and um, articulately to be able to, you know, know that this is how we feel and hopefully there are others that feel the same way and maybe through all this maybe we can change things so that is my hope um so with that uh we'll see you guys next time on uh on conversation with family and uh hopefully it's a little bit more more lighthearted. uh take care y'all okay so like as some of y'all probably know i lied i just have some bonus thoughts i'm i can't get over it. there's like literally a magic negro section in this report it's on uh page uh, starts at 19, early diversity and the university. Like, it, it is, it is, man, this is why I think it's propaganda. Like, it's like, oh, like, this wasn't, this didn't come out all about on a white campus. And it's like, y'all, like, we know there are black people in Austin then. Like, that, that wasn't the, that wasn't the point. They have this guy named Henry Doc Reeves, and it's like, oh, like, we loved our, 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 our magic Negro helper. He was amazing. We cried when he died. Like, this is, this is, this is racist tropes at its finest. Like, they, and again, they try to say, like, Yo, like, you know, this is, 
this was bad. These are difficult to read. This reflects the norms of Jim Crow, Texas, where there are black people that were lynched. And but but you know what? No, no. See, not overtly racist. I think still not overtly racist. It. But but you know, we understand if people were to look at this in the time, it blurs the lines between the attempts and its contemporary impact. Uh, this, this complicates the understanding and explains how different people experience the song in vastly different ways. Okay, Texas, you know how vastly different it is when you treat your black um employ employment as again serving to you you know you could have really just spent 10 pages understanding the trauma that was minstrel shows but no you literally just have a fucking line that's like these are bad it's kind of like the other bullshit reports read racism's bad it's like yeah no shit y'all like i'm black i know racism's bad my like you know my family literally had to escape the south you know, to not get lynched. Like, I would not be here if, like, my family didn't escape from Mississippi over 100 years ago. So don't tell me that racism is bad. I know racism is bad. You know, I know racism is bad. Everything bad that happens in this country happens to black people the worst. So, yeah, give me more than a goddamn line. So, whatever, any sense. Um, like I said, hopefully this, I'll just, I'm going to put this out and, um, you know, I might have some more thoughts later. So, anyway, thanks, y'all.